I tried 10 years ago to say, you know what, maybe if we make this armor, women won't want to play our game. And literally had the CEO of the company look at me right in the face in front of the entire design crew of the studio and say, you're not our demographic. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today, we sit down with Kel Backus, professor at Champlain College and founder of Rad Magpie, a gaming studio working to revolutionize the industry by supporting radically diverse developers. Welcome. This is Sam Roach-Gerber and Dave Bradbury, recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Kel! Hello. Hello, hello. Kel's in the house. Oh, in the house. We are so psyched to have you, Kel. We, I think we're on a pretty long streak right now of doing sort of veteran entrepreneurs and people who have been at it for a really long time. So it's going to be really fun today to talk to someone who's newbie, just starting totally. a new company. Um, we're, we're psyched. So let's just jump right in with, tell us what is Rad Magpie and how did it start? Uh, so... In a nutshell, Rad Magpie is a studio, as you said, for diverse developers. Um, we have kind of a threefold mission, which is one, to make amazing, radically diverse games under our own roof um, with our own team of radically diverse developers. We also have jams and camps um, for local youth to bring them into the game development community. And then we also have an incubator studio for um, mostly Champlain students right now um, making games over the summer. So you, when you set out to do this, you said, I can't just do one of these things. It, it all has to be sort of I'm, part of I that. am a magpie. <laughs> There's never just one thing. Oh, wait, look at that thing over there. Yeah, no, I mean, so, so this sort of came out of a need that I saw. So you'd ask kind of where we started. Um, it started at Champlain. I had um, two student groups that were making some really interesting games. Um, one was a um, Hawaiian uh, cultural game, and then the other one was Querent. Um, which is a tarot RPG generator, so it's pretty cool, um, really different. And I realized that all of my kind of white male students were kickstarting their games and getting stuff going and doing stuff on the side, but these two teams were really reluctant. And I realized there was an issue with the diversity where there wasn't the opportunity to take as much risk, there wasn't as much support, there may not have been as much confidence. And so I was like, no, we're going to do this. Let's do this over the summer. So I picked up the two teams and ran off with them. And um, last summer we were out of kind of just a tiny little warehouse space and we mentored them. But as we started looking at the larger picture, we realized there was so much more that we could be doing. Um, and then it's just sort of grown dramatically since. And who is we? Well, so right now, um, it's always been we. So first of all, I just dragged a whole bunch of Champlain students with me. Um, it's always been kind of a joint effort because that's how I roll. I like doing things cooperatively. Um, so right now, um, the studio is myself, Dana Steinhoff, who is our showrunner and executive producer. Um, we have um, a bunch of other developers and people working under our roof who are amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's there's about six of us who are kind of technically staff um, and then we have a bunch of other people who are working on various projects so yeah I think there were probably 14 of <laughs> you here the other day yeah so that's uh, Dana Steinhoff's uh, Cigarilla team yeah it was just so inspiring and awesome Aww. I mean it was really really joyful to see thank um, you okay what's your background did you want to be an entrepreneur this way or or did you just do it because it pissed you off and 
and yeah, you wanted to I fix mean, the problem. Yes. <laughs> I had actually previously started one business. We have a, um, my wife and I have a hand-dyed yarn business. So I've done sort of a business once before, but that was really different. No, this was kind of more just seeing the need and jumping in. Um, and then I genuinely like, I think it's less entrepreneurism in this state of like, well, I want to do a thing and make some money. It's more like I want to do a thing and get some people together to do more cool things. And then we need resources to do that so that we can make some more cool stuff. So I think for me, it's mostly um, a group collective of doing things, doing cool things. And that's really what attracts me to it. And I've always loved collaborating. That's that's a forever thing. What's your background? Um so originally, for years and years, uh, I was a secretary. <laughs> that was a terrible fit. <laughs> I was going to say, um, yeah. Can't well, exactly I mostly, I mostly did. I'm also a writer, so I mostly did it to fund my what writing. What sort of office habit. were you a secretary? I've done. I've, uh, actually, interestingly enough, for um, mostly for executives. So um, I was going to say that's why you send such great emails. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can deal with difficult personalities too. Yeah, like I worked for the. Um, Oh, that's the, uh, why that's why Dave and I get along with you then. Because right. you know how to manage us. Is that right? Jedi mind trick us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like the CEO of Tandem, I work for him. I work for a lot of people. So yeah. Um and I had I have done a lot of stuff. I was a firefighter, I crewed on tall ships. So, you know, like I said, I can't I, you I do lots of things. Oh, back up. Ships? Yeah, tall ships. Tall ships. You you can't you're not allowed to I'm say sorry, that I can't casually. just drop that in the podcast. No. <laughs> oh, and by the way. No, I did. I did. The, um, the Hawaiian chieftain out of uh, Sausalito, California. She's actually on this coast now. She was sold to a private party. But, yeah. She's a 60-foot schooner. Three-mast schooner. Nice. She's a beautiful, beautiful ship. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, my, you better take the next question. Yeah, I'm, Dave is done. Well, hold on. So you asked my background. So then I got into game design. Yeah. And I did game design for about a decade. Um, and then it was it's a rough, rough industry to be in if you're not... Um, sort of part of the dominant culture. And then um, a buddy of mine, oh, and then we had the yarn business. And then a buddy of mine, Nate Walpole, whom I met at Zenimax um, working on Elder Scrolls Online, said, hey, we really need diverse faculty working at Champlain um, in our game studio. You should come teach here. And I was like, okay. And I showed up and I said, I'm going to teach here. And they're like, all right. Had you ever, gave me ever been to Vermont prior? I hadn't really, no. I think maybe like I'd driven through. What was your impression? Oh, I love I love it here. It's beautiful. And so I was born originally in Santa Cruz, California, and Burlington and Santa Cruz are super similar. Oh, that's one of my places I can't go because I'll stay because I'm a yeah, surfer and yeah. I, I, I'm a t-shirt guy and flip-flops. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, Santa Cruz. Well, Santa Cruz has changed a lot too, right? Like it's changed a lot over the years, you know? So it's not it's not the Santa Cruz of my youth. You know, my parents both work for UC Santa Cruz and... I was a, you know, hippie, nerdy kid, so... I just have a vision of skateboarding down and jumping in the water, and... Yeah. And then my trust fund would just deposit money, and <laughs> I could do it again, but I, I, yeah. I don't think any of those things are going to happen. Well, well you it's know. It's good. Burlington's good. I mean, the only thing you don't have in Burlington is waves and as much sun. Please don't remind Dave that there's no waves Sorry. here. Sorry. We're, We're good. No, that's good. I just... La, 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 we la, have, la, we la. have to build, like, we have to build, like, a wave place. We have to build, like, a... Yes. Right? Yeah, we'll Let's, talk about that. that. Okay, um, we'll but we have great snowboarding, and yeah. the lake is fun. And, uh, and I like paddleboarding. I've loved I learned to paddleboard on Champlain. It's gorgeous. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So your background was, uh, sounds like you just knew what you wanted to be from the outset, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're like me, career deficit disorder. Yes. <laughs> oh, that looks fun. I'll go try this. Yeah. And then yeah. a couple of years, I'll go do this. So. But, but I, yeah. Life's a journey. So. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. So you're really early stage. 
what, what's been the as the company here? The, mm-hmm. What are sort of the the obstacles that you both anticipated and the ones that were unexpected? Um, I expected not to have money, so that was a big obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> um, We've never heard that before. Yeah, but I didn't expect to not have money while having so many people who really wanted to contribute. Mm. And I'm put in a position right now of having amazing people here who are basically doing so much for so little and or nothing, um, which is a tremendous responsibility, especially for me. I'm all about fair wage. And so it's been kind of like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. You know, and I just right. like the weight of that is like crushing, you know, because it's it's like like I said, I'm primarily collaborative, and so I I can't function without people's contribution. But at the same time, it's like the value. I also see the aware. value of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And people right now for Red Rag, Red Magpie are taking huge personal risk and career risk, and working at just a huge level. You know, it's not like people come in. It's like, oh, you're an artist. You're going to draw this thing. Right. Like our in-house artist is drawing things, but also today we had budget conversations and helping us iron out the budget and you know building the website and figuring out how we're going to run the summer programs and like you know we're all doing everything you know and so it's it's yeah so that's I think the one of the biggest things and I think I I'm pretty confident but also aware of what I don't know but I had no idea how much I didn't know until I started doing this so it's been it's been that's a pretty steep learning. So you feel curve. a little bit dumber now? Is I feel way dumber. Okay. Yeah, that's, I feel dumber the more I, I learn the that's dumber. That's what I thought I get. you were saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Vsets played a huge part in me understanding how little I know. So we, that's uh, good. Story of my life. We bring yeah. everybody's intellect way down. <laughs> the IQ, you walk in the door yeah. and the IQ just. Yeah. The, the, the chart my, doesn't go up and to the right here. It goes, <laughs> it goes down and to the right. Yeah. One of my favorite questions when I'm talking to an entrepreneur is like, okay, great. You know, a good exercise would be just explain this to me as if I was a child. Not necessarily for me, just in general. It's really helpful to go through that process. I'm like, no, really, I don't understand your concept. Um, but, you know, one day at a time, one, one meeting at a time. So Red Magpie has sort of three areas of focus, education, incubation, and sort of creating your own games. Yep. Um, can you talk about sort of how the three of those things sort of came to fruition and sort of your dream for this project and um, why it's important to have all three. You know, there's many companies out there that are doing one of right. those things maybe, but but why all three? Because we can't do one thing at a... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, because we're in a kind of unique situation here in Burlington where we have... I mean, I might be a little bit biased, but I do think Champlain is, you know, the, the best game development program there is. It's really good. Um, but it is not diverse. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and that creates that creates problems just at Champlain alone. It always does. I mean, a lack of diversity creates problems no matter where it is. Um, but that's already a, a problem in the industry. So it's sort of like we're we're already perpetuating a problem that already exists, you know. So like just even walking in the door, the first thing I thought was, okay, clearly we need to change this. How do we change it? Um, because you can't just say like, oh, we're going to just grab like two more women and drag them into the program. Because then you have two women in a sea of men, and Right now, what we know from experience is that that's not comfortable. And uh, last night I was giving a talk, and I was talking about culture clash, where there is a dominant culture that is not your culture. And so you're constantly having to modify how you do things in order to fit in. Um, And 
the culture isn't going to change until there's a tipping point of how many people are there whose culture is different, right? And we can ask for culture changes all we like, but that really isn't going to happen until there's real diversity. So for me coming in, it was sort of like, well, we need to bring in like a lot more students who are not young white men. Right. Like that clearly has to happen. And so in the, in the back of my mind, I've been asking myself this question as I've been teaching and watching my students, my diverse students struggling. So um, I got mad last summer when I realized that these really promising games that were really different weren't going to get support and that their creators didn't even feel like it was worth venturing to try. Um, and so then I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I realized once that once that we had done this, there was a lot of other sort of byproducts of this, the process of supporting them that happened. We gave them a better network because other people were interacting with their games. We were introducing them out into the areas of the industry that they were actually interested in, you know. And there was this, all this other stuff was happening, and I was like, "Wow, okay, mm. this is a thing we could keep doing, but you know, formally doing doing it." And so and that's how we ripple effect, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then this other thing happened, which which was that we were like, "No, you have permission to fail. You don't come here." You know, it's like like people people come to Rad Magpie, and it's like, "Okay, we we're not all about the success." We're like, come here and try this thing. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, that's totally fine, too. You've lost, lost nothing except a summer, right? right? And that feeling, especially when you're in a, in a diverse population where you don't constantly have to prove yourself, but it's like, no, by all means, show up. Have a good time. Do something fun, you know, whatever. And that's powerful. Like, we've seen right. that already in right. work. So there was that. But in order to have those students, we need to be bringing in those students. And so recruiting. that was the next thing. It was like recruiting. And then how does how does that work? And we realized, oh my God, here's all these game video game camps, you know, and they have them all over them. They're mostly focused on code. They're called like tech camps, code camps. Um, but video game design is actually very creative. When it's done collaboratively, it's not like one person has to do the code and one person has to do the art. Like everybody can share jobs. So we said, what a great camp it would be if kids could just show up and collaborate on games. And do a game jam. And try just different try roles. Exactly. And try different roles. See what they liked. Um, and that if we could div get diverse kids in, it would get them thinking about things that they hadn't thought about before. Not just code. Not just programming. Yes, that too. And that everybody gets some nice technical hands-on experience. But all aspects of development. Um, and that that would lead into like, oh, this is something I could actually do. Um, and then Champlain has a great game academy. And right now, again, that academy is not diverse. But if we're directly funneling in youth into that program who come from diverse communities, it just makes all, like all kinds feeder, of sense. Feeder program. You're heading in the right, right direction. So can you talk about uh, Querent and, and how that got funded? I think that's got a cool that's story. That's insane. Yeah, right? That's insane, right? So um, the Querent team is a, is a dream team. Um, and when I had them in class, they were awesome. Um, they had the right attitude. They were very playful about what they were doing while also being super hard workers. And for me, that's a super recipe for success. You know, mm -hmm. if they can get along with each other and not just like get along with each other to work, Support but like really other. get along, like mm -hmm. enjoy each other and in enjoy the creative process with each other and enjoy the work process. And they were so driven. Um, yeah. So when they came and started working, we didn't really even need to do anything. You know, we had another team we were very hands on with and Quarant was just like, we got it. We're like, we look at their black backlog. We're like, oh, yeah, you do have that. <laughs> yeah, good job. Um, you know, and like, you know, we, we gave uh, Makes Kayla. Makes the professor's job pretty easy. Yeah, right? <laughs> nice when you're not necessary for a I, while, I love but. not being necessary. It's the best. But like Kayla, who uh, had organized them, you know, she had the, they're like, oh, well, have you researched Kickstarter? Somebody asked her. And she's like, kathunk. And she puts this binder down. <laughs> we're 
like, oh yeah, okay, there's some you research there. You know what you're there. talking about. Yeah, and um, they just did everything right. They did. Um, they had this great idea for a game. They planned their Kickstarter. They worked on it over the summer. They were very organized about their work, um, very deliberate. They, their Kickstarter was well-researched. They did a really good job of building uh, a base. And it was a thoughtful base. Like, they knew the people that they wanted to get in touch with. Their friends and family, they were really good about actually going to their own communities and saying, hey, please support this. This is important to us. And then they got some nice, you know, sort of friends and family grassroots from that. But they also really leveraged other communities. They had lots of opportunities. They went out and they talked to people. They went to, I think, two conventions and did, like, a... Um, Test wow, they really of their put product. the work in. Right? They really did. They really did. Because it's not just throw it up and oh, someone no. gives you ten million no, for no, a no, beehive no. machine, right? <laughs> no, it's not even close to that. No, they were really deliberate about it. They posted on social media almost every day. Like they were really good about it. you know. And they went through and liked other pages. They like just they, they had a whole campaign. They did everything right. So <laughs> when they first started their Kickstarter, I'm like, how much are you guys going to ask for? They're like two thousand dollars. I'm like, what the hell? That's nothing. Like, what are you thinking? You know? And they're like. We're going to ask for 2000 and then if it's more than that, that's great. And I was like, oh, you guys, okay. And so they asked 2000 I think they met that in the first eight hours. And then <laughs> the Kickstarter finally closed at 16000 Oh, my God. And we were just boom. like, boom. Yeah. And uh, Dave and I saw them present at uh, the Jumpstart program uh, between the, the Generator and LaunchVT. And, yeah. Last night? Yeah, last night. And we were just totally blown away you know they had such a polished presentation and were so thoughtful and so excited that you could see the passion you know when you can sort of marry the passion and the professionalism it's exactly it's sort of a perfect storm and and Dave and I, I at least I had this moment of being so proud that those people were representing VSET as well and yeah um you know we met only you know what was it six months ago maybe Um, and, and we've had your crew in here and it's just been, you know, we learned early on from having game theory in here, the magic of having gamers in here and creative people and artists and, they're just just fun. They're fun. And I, the hours I've wasted just staring at like Izzy's screen while they work, I'm like, Oh my God, this is incredible. Um, but it, it really is a different type of energy, um, than, you know, the sort of tech entrepreneurs that are, are the majority in here. And it's just been such, such a beautiful experience for Dave and I to have your crew nice. in here. We, we feel so lucky. I mean, it's been amazing for us because in returning, you know, sort of like I said, even with Querent, for us having such a high-level business community, first of all, all the, all the things that you would expect, the expected things, the mentoring, the space, all of that kind of thing. But for us, it's legitimizing. And I think there's a lot of power to that. That's what I tried to do by you know having an office space for them over the summer. But this is like a million times that. We come here and we feel... We feel legitimate. We feel like a real business. We you feel like we're being taken You bring seriously. people in and they exactly. see it. Um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know what the hell we were doing with you when we set out. I mean, I think candidly, we're like, all right, this, let's experiment. Right. And I think that's that's part of sort of our, our mission and our, our role here is to take bets on teams and people. Yeah. And we'll, we'll figure it out, and you figure it out really and that's, well. Exactly. And that's one of the things that, you know, a, a sort of entrepreneurial characteristic that you have, Cal, is – you never know if you don't ask, exactly. right? And exactly. that's something that we face a lot with entrepreneurs. Well, we always say, like, if you ask for funding, you'll get advice. If you ask for advice, you'll get funding. But <laughs> just reaching right. out and, and yeah. saying, hey, I think your first email to us was, I have no idea if, if we're a fit for this, but, you know, 
here's who we are. Here's what we think you are. Like, let's just sit down. We had a beer at foam, I think, yeah. and just sort of chatted through what Best it could Best interview look like. ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, okay, beer, good. That's a good start. Yeah. A good start to any relationship. I think it was like three and a half hours later. We're like, why are we talking about it again? Like, you're, why in. Are you're in. You're running the place now. So... <laughs> Um, can you talk just about gaming as an industry? Like, are these careers desirable? Do they pay decently once you sort of get out of school? Or do you have to be an independent no, like, yeah. designer? Um, so so there's, there's a lot of different ways to break into in the industry. Um, historically, Champlain students have been groomed for what we call AAA, which is the big companies making the big bucks. They're making very high-polished games. You think of, like, when you think of games like Fortnite or, you know, World of Warcraft or um, Call of Duty, those are the AAA um, and those are big companies spending big money on a lot of developers. Um, and our students are pretty much ready to just slot straight into those, those, those roles. Um, and they make decent money. I mean, game developers make pretty good money. Um, some of us make more than others, but you know. Um, so yes, there's a job market for it. Um, and a lot of people think they want to go into AAA. Um, that is true of some people. It's a good career for them, some not. What people don't talk about is that AAA is actually a very volatile market um, mm-hmm. and that it's typical that a studio will bring in a huge workforce, complete a game, and lay the majority of them off again. And so it's definitely... It's like the movie business. Exactly. It's production exactly. and then release exactly. and it works or not. You're doing a sequel or... or exactly. Or and I kind else. of... Like part of me feels like it would be really good if like the industry were super honest about that. Rather than hiring people and kind of like you think you're going to be working at like a company for forever. It's a gig economy situation. Yeah, Yeah. like here you are. We can guarantee you three years. Mm -hmm. Go. You know, and then I feel like then people aren't buying houses and putting down roots. And it's like, wait, I don't have a job now. You know, it's like, and I told my students, I said, you know, just be be aware it's a young person's game. You know, it's not, you don't want to be packing up your family and moving every six months because I've done it. You know, Um, 38 studios went down in flames and I was like, well, crap, that was a good job. (laughs) Um, But, uh, we also now, I feel like, are we're not talking to our students about the problems about AAA, which include that, but also AAA is not a good space for certain demographics. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just because of like what I said about culture, culturally, it's it's not a good fit. Right. Um, and we can try and change it, but so far, what nothing's motivated anyone to change. The demographic is what it is there, you know, and so it's like, well. Well, aren't going to change, you know? Um, could you change, please? Well, no. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, you know, and after putting in the time that I put in, I realized there's really it's not, it's, you can either work for an exceptional company, which is most often in India or a smaller studio. I worked for um, John Radoff at uh, Disruptor Beam. Love John. I know John. Yeah, you know John. He's yeah, awesome. I, I first met him at this conference we go to when he was just starting off with Disruptor Beam. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so he's a radical, and he's he's a he's a, a good person to work for. That was actually a great company, and I just quit because I couldn't do Game of Thrones anymore. But, <laughs> but wow, um, there's only one season left. Oh, God. We actually got a, uh, a mead drink recommendation. Mm. What? From, we did. Was it? Yeah, Grunfeld. Kelly Klein. Yeah, Grunfeld she, she said, oh, this is the flavor you want to drink for the series end. For the she series end. it would end. be like a good cultural match with the batch <laughs> and the period, That is so right? Burlington, I can't even right yeah. now. It's Dave like, had that question ready to go. It was amazing. Pretty That's psyched. amazing. Um, so one thing that, that I, I learned from Marguerite that I had, and I'm not a gamer by any means, it's actually the folks that are actually playing these games, it's a pretty diverse yeah. group, is yeah. it not? Yeah, way more than... So what we think of, so it's really funny, even my students are like, male gamers, 18 to 24. Right. Which comprises a huge part of the market. Let's, 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 you know, let's, it's true. Yeah. 
But when we talk about numbers for games, we are sometimes ignoring whole pieces of it. So the mobile gaming market is the biggest chunk of the market right now. The mobile gaming market is also largely female um, and generally speaking, middle-aged. Hmm. Um, so is mind-blowing. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because these are people who do not identify as gamers, right, right. at all. You say, like, oh, you're a gamer. It's like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm like, do you play Candy Crush? Yeah, hell yeah. Well, you're a gamer, you know? Like, like surprise. Yeah. <laughs> surprise nerd. Um, yeah, so, and, and this is a, this is a you know, this is where most of the money is right now, is in, in these kind of unexpected sectors. Um, and certainly internationally, we see that too, right? And then the numbers are changing too in that um, overall, first of all, the market is bigger than it looks. Also, the numbers are changing we know now that the trend is definitely going to be that the majority of gamers, regardless, are going to be um, Asian American and African American um, within the next decade. That's just going to tip straight over. And we're still marketing to white men in the United States. So mm. it's a little bit crazy. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you, yeah. Are you optimistic that the industry will sort of shift or? You know, um, do you think there are smaller groups like Red Magpie that will have a bigger impact? Well, I mean, yeah, and I think there's two. There's So there's two ways in which it'll shift. One, it'll shift because that's just the way economy works. You know, we realize, oh, you know, women are spending millions and millions of dollars playing mobile games. Let's make some more mobile games yeah, right. targeted at women. You know, that's like, a, so that's going to happen, right? Um, and, you know, again, we see a movie like Black Panther, which people are like, oh, this is an actual market. You know, and then it does tremendously well. Never, nobody's surprised. You know, like okay, fair enough. Um, Red Magpie is different because the intentionality is is diversity for yeah. its own sake, right? And so that's a little bit different. And I think that a lot of indie studios are already moving in that direction. That that there's been a lot of change on the indie side. Um, whether or not that goes to mass media is another question. TBD. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I think there's been some good changes. Don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of things like you know we we used to joke about you know booby armor. You know, and that <laughs> consciousness, you know, you watch those conversations happen much more quickly and get shouted down less a lot of the time where company comes out and it's like, really, that's the armor? That's what you're going to go with? You know, and then and that conversation happens quickly and it used to be that people would get shouted down. Now a little bit less so, you know, and people are actually having those conversations. I tried 10 years ago to say, you know what, maybe if we make this armor, women won't want to play our game. And literally had the CEO of the company look at me right in the face in front of the entire design crew of the studio and say, you're not our demographic. You know, so yet I think it probably is changing a little uh, bit. Culture crossed. change happens over time. Of course. Right? And, yep. you know, entrepreneurism is about timing. And, exactly. Uh, you know, everything in me says that you and the, the, the merry band that you've assembled are at their right moment in time with the backdrop of, of a great institution like Champlain College. Yeah. Leadership buy-in. Um, President Don Lockman, he's on our board of directors of VSET, which we're so stoked about. Yeah. Um, and I, my question is, what other resources in our community have you and your team found useful? I mean, I think we cited the Jumpstart series, uh, LaunchVT and, and Generator did. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly you're, you're drinking us out of house and home for coffee and <laughs> snacks here at VSAT, so that's good. I mean, right? I mean, we got the phone company, Consolidated Communications, supporting us here, right? It's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. What, other, what other things have you accessed? I'm, I'm just curious. 
everything and everyone. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I try to get them to forgive a parking ticket because we're not. No. Um, so you mentioned Champlain. Um, super excited because um, we are actually working with Champlain for the um, camps over the summer. Champlain is hosting them at the Lakeside facility, which is a fantastic opportunity because it's right down there next to the water. Um, it puts the kids who are coming to the camps in proximity to the really cool stuff that they're doing at the Emergent Media Center down there. And our other partner for the camps is the Burlington Surf Club. Yeah, I was just going to say it, Hula. Yeah, yeah awesome. Yeah, so um, the kids are going to be able to make games in the morning and then walk over and surf and do some water water play in the afternoon. Is there, like, an age limit? Like, if say you're, like, 29 and, <laughs> you like... You can come. You can come. All right, cool, cool. Just check, asking for a friend. At band yeah. camp, I want to go back to surf. Right, right. Good luck. Right. Good luck. Yeah, so, and we're just, we're reaching out all the time, and we, um, for instance, we also, um, right now, are talking to a couple of different um, indigenous groups, um, represented locally, doing some collaborations with them. Um, eventually, we would like to work with other nonprofits in the area to do things like making apps and stuff like that. It's a lot of the a lot of the ground that. Oh, and that's the other our other thing is our network here. Of course, is we have you know all the other cool companies, a lot of whom are also Champlain um, former alumni, uh, so former students and stuff. So yeah, um, but yeah, we're we want to work with everyone. Starting to find folks. Good good energy. Yeah. Um, do you have a board of directors or advisors? that sort of help shape strategic stuff or maybe it's other problems you go. I mean, I don't know if you use them or is it just for we have grant, grant sourcing or. Yeah, no, we have, um, we do have a board. It's a very tiny board right now. Um, but they're awesome. John Radoff is actually on our board. Also, John he, McLean. Will yeah, he come John's visit Burlington? Can I will, we get him up here or Listen, what? I've been trying to get him up here to look at the Hula property, too, because I think Disruptor Beam. It's just it's such a good cultural fit for them for Burlington and vice versa. You know, it's like. Oh, let's work on that. that. I feel like yeah. an email from Kel and Dave. How could you say no? He exactly. won't see that coming. He'll be like, whoa. whoa. We'll be working on it. Whoa. What? Spooky. Right? Don't you find, don't you get a little suspicious when two people you don't know know each, each other? other. Yeah. Know each other. Like, <laughs> triangulate on you it's, it's like it's, it's like, like like the raptors clever girl it's like whoa <laughs> did the earth just move a bit yeah okay oh let's oh, definitely yeah. do that yeah well you know we've been thinking about trying to invite him out here to do some speaking anyway so we'll plot totally we'll plot. all right I so john's you. one yeah. and, and john and then um also jen mclean who's the current director of the um idga the uh oh god Game Developers Association, International Game Developers Association, IGDA. There we go. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Luminaries. Yeah, um, Jen's amazing. She's actually been a mentor of mine on and off for a while. I very much like her. She's incredible. Um, so she's helped out a lot. Um, and then uh, we have uh, Daphne Walker, who is in the Career Collaborative. At Champlain. I was going to say, I know that name. Yeah, She knows everyone. I know yeah. Daphne. Yeah. Daphne's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. she. Uh, I used to be involved with uh, Union Street Media, Ted Adler's company, and yep. Daphne was our secret weapon to get Champlain students yep. to come work and be coders yep. and website builders. That's so. what she does. She's she's everybody's secret weapon. She's a student secret weapon. She's well, incredible. Sure. Can we edit her out now? Because the secret weapon's out. <laughs> 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 no, all right, but we'll I keep you, Daphne. Yeah, Daphne's you know, amazing. That's awesome because one of the things that, that Dave and I talk with entrepreneurs about a lot is there's some some of them think they need to have this huge giant board with all these people on and everyone they talk to needs to be on their board. And yeah, really it's it's no. you wanna be really intentional and, and yeah. each of those people needs to sort of serve a specific 
purpose for exactly. you. Exactly. It sounds like you've sort of taken mentors of yours that have sort of aligned values, which is always a good way to do it. Yeah. And then we also, um, Robin Perla, who's the head of the um, uh, master's program, the Emergent Media master's yep. program at Champlain, has also stepped up. And she's super active in the local arts community and also nonprofits community, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we have a ton. On top of that, we have a ton of other people, you know, people here at VSET, you guys. Um, uh, Jeff Starbridge, who's, you know, just been, Jeff's everybody's been, like, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it seems like every time we have a question, somebody can answer it. And then some, so yes. it's been really great. Oh, that's, that's so super. That's, um, yeah. Yeah. Do you have um, members that aren't from Champlain College? Like, if I'm at St. Mike's or EVM, can I get involved with Rad Magpie? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Champlain makes sense just because they have the game program. Right. But, um, do you mean for the board and advisors, or do you mean No, for, no, I meant just, oh, just yeah, for no. the cause. And in fact, what we want to do, hopefully, is... Um, take this whole show on the road and a lot of things that we want to do include um, once we're done making our current um, game we want to work with other developers in other countries to do jams and work on joint projects together we think that would be amazing we want to take our camps on the road um, and develop a program where like any any school could actually run the camps, you know, that we would send somebody there to help facilitate it, but they would run it. Open so source. Stuff like cool. that. I, exactly. Uh, open source camping. I'm I a co-owner it. of a 1972 27-foot baby diaper brown RV. If you, oh, really? With a, <laughs> That's amazing. With original sh- red shag Let's carpeting. do and, it. Let's and, do it. That uh, sounds amazing. I'm... Uh, we probably have to trailer it now at this point. But anyway, it's a pretty cool <laughs> little box. I'm still looking That's to fantastic. get that in the VSET parking lot for a little happy hour. I think that <gasps> That'd be amazing. Be, it? I, uh, I used to drive it around Burlington. We'd go down and play cards at the lake and uh, sit in the little window it had and have a couple of drinks and look at the sunset. And well, we'll get Frank Coffee on the phone and um, see if he's down And the that. symphony orchestra like never recovered when we drove it out to Shelburne Farms to watch them play one summer. So. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Anyway, it just seems like a gamer's thing to me, yeah. so, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. RV. Just yeah. we'll have to figure out the paperwork. I've got, somebody just gave me an original Atari console oh, and a bunch of games. No. So we need to hook that up in the RV so people can play the games in the RV. That's pretty cool. It has a, it has one of these spring-loaded things in the ceiling. One's a circle, one's a square, and this is what an idiot I am. I'm looking at it going, what the heck are these things? It's for paper plates and napkins no what so no, it's, it's so yeah you just pull them down <laughs> that's amazing right i mean that sealed the deal right there <laughs> now that is design that's with intention totally right? right i love that it that is fantastic i love it so oh my God. um anything we didn't ask you that that our audience would would be would be thrilled to know um well did we talk about our our uh, sri lankan fantasy game oh <gasps> We didn't. I don't believe so. Oh, well, let me tell you about our Sri Lankan fantasy game. So um, I I said we had in-house projects. So kind of some of these big teams that you've seen around VSET are working on. being the first one of that. Yeah, so Quarant is the summer team. And we have another summer team coming in. But we also have in-studio projects that we as Red Magpie are making that are not student games. Gotcha. Got it. They're I mean, we have students working on them, right, but they're right. stuff the company we're doing. publishes it. Yep. yep. So the creator of um, Sigaria is Marianne Monraj, who is a Sri Lankan writer, um, an amazing person, a friend of mine. And she said she'd always wanted to do a Sri Lankan fantasy game. And I'm like, well, as it happens, I have a studio 
And um, and everybody's just fallen into this game and has so much love for it. We're doing a really different game that is um, going to be one of the first games that has tactile interface so that when you're playing the game, you're not just tapping, that you're doing things like if your daughter in the game is crying, you can brush her tear away, and that's like part of the activity Whoa. of the game. Yeah, so there's kind of this much more of a, and it's we call it a heart-based game um, rather than having a competitive element to it. Not that there's, I play a lot of competitive video games, so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but that's not what we're, we're doing. It's a very... Um, relational game community-based game yeah and then you get to play in um in historical fantasy sri lanka so it's pretty cool and the art's beautiful i can't imagine there's a lot of that out there so there's not it would be (laughs) actually the first video game ever set in sri lanka wow when uh when do you think this will be out so um we are going to have a player playable playable prototype we just did our schedule today playable prototype Mm -hmm. by april 15th that's just the prototype and then we're kickstarter starting i believe june 1st and then we're hoping to go into full development. So the Kickstarter will be kind of like where we have a demo. It'll look good. And then hopefully we can ship a first chapter mm-hmm. um, by the end of this year. That's, That's really cool. I bet the art is incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. We have amazing artists working on it. Cat Weaver is our lead artist. Um, she's a well-known uh, fantasy science fiction artist. She's incredible. But then we also have artists here on in-house, Megan uh, McAvoy, Lillian Vinson, um, all working on it too, and uh, Lyra—I can't remember Lyra's last name—but yeah, just a great art crew. So wow, yeah, super exciting. That's really cool. Yeah, well, definitely let us know when the Kickstarter is out. Cause we'll, well, we will do. We'll share it far and wide. Hooray. I'm already thinking of what flavor mead <laughs> well, is not compatible not with, with this game. thing. So. I like how you've got this whole like you know. Well, you know, I like to drink with a purpose. I. I'd down. rather have it be aligned with theme of something. I yeah. think it's a you know different. We could put like thing. some pomegranate juice in the meat. Uh, any input yeah. is helpful. It could be hard. It could be cider. It could be Listen, something else. Yeah. Someone at this table makes craft spirits, and it's not Dave Taylor or I. Mm. And so I think maybe I could make a special themed oh, liqueur. We'll make it easy then. I don't right? need to think about it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right, that's happening. All right, it's it's like part a release it. with the game. Yeah. Part of the Kickstarter? Another party. Yeah. Boom, another part party. of the Kickstarter. Who party. wants another t-shirt yeah. off Kickstarter? No. No. Yeah. I, want, I want, like, the secret recipe. <gasps> That'd be amazing. Yeah. Ooh, we special got... level? I offer the, 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 liqueur, the liqueur recipe? All right, it's getting dangerous, Sam, because we're starting to get creative. I think we're getting Uh-oh. thirsty, too. So. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> hey, it's, uh, <laughs> it's magic, magic wand time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe tough for someone not as creative as you are. But, okay, wait. I'll uh, try and get creative. Hold on. If if you could change one thing in Vermont right now, today, magic wand, what would you change? In Vermont? I I would make it more diverse. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that would. I mean, I'm not sorry, but (laughs) I'm not sorry. But yeah, that's I would. I would make. There's like virtually nothing because it's like I wouldn't change anything. The answer, the hard answer, the yeah. I mean, I wouldn't change. Uh, We've heard that a number of times in this uh, series. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, and I, here's another thing. I wish that the diversity that is here were more integrated into the community. Yeah. I feel like there's a huge divide. Sort of yeah. tribes living off exactly. separately. Um, and yeah, that's troubling. To well, me too. I think organizations like Rad Magpie are, are making it happen. That's what I hope. Yeah. That's what I well, hope. Well, you're yeah. certainly uh, part of our community here and we, we yours, absolutely. which is really awesome. Yeah. So. We're, we're really psyched to have met you and, um, it's just been really fun to, to talk early stage. So thank you so much for joining us. This was really fun. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Kill. Yeah, it's great.
This has been Start Here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. The series was made possible by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Follow us on Twitter at VSET. That's V-C-E-T. Thanks for listening. Go play a game. Be nice to people. Let's get back to work. <laughs>